Hello, and welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach, and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And my mission is to help women with polycystic ovary syndrome find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com because there I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as well. Now let's get started. So if you've been a listener of the PCOS Diva podcast, you probably know my my fertility story because I I talk about it a lot, especially when the topic of um, increasing your fertility comes up. And that's something that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I, it took me until age 31 when I was suffering with secondary infertility to finally get a PCOS diagnosis. And, you know, one of my missions here at PCOS Diva is to sort of help shortcut the journey for other divas and um, so that it doesn't take so long to get a PCOS diagnosis and that you can really start taking control of your fertility journey. Well, if you've uh, been following the PCOS Diva newsletter, you'll recognize the name of Dr. Rashmi Khadija. She's one of my favorite PCOS Diva contributors, and uh, I follow her on Twitter. And one day I found her retweeting a tweet from Cellmatics, and it really intrigued me. So I kind of followed Cellmatics, uh, and it turns out they have a tool that can really help with the PCOS diagnosis, as well as helping you with your fertility journey, and it's called the Fertilome Test. So I have invited Angie Lee, who's the Chief Product Officer for Cellematics, and Indrani Chatterjee, who's Medical Science Liaison, to come and tell us more about their really cool test, um, the Fertilome Test. So welcome, Angie and Indrani. Thank you so much for having us here. Thank you. So I would love it if you kind of explain to listeners what the Fertilome test is and why it was sort of created and, and brought to market. What, what is the benefit? Right. So the Fertilome test is actually the world's first multi-gene panel um, that's designed specifically to help women understand what their genetic signature may be saying about the reproductive health. Um, what it does is it looks at uh, specific markers or variants in your genes that have been associated with common reproductive conditions, including PCOS, as well as endometriosis, a condition that's called um, primary ovarian sufficiency, which is a condition that can lead to early menopause. Um, these are all conditions that we know can have a, an effect on fertility and family building in the short and long term. So the reason why we really felt the need to bring this product to market is because for a very long time, women have had, um, it, it is our argument that in order to have a true understanding of your body and to have your true understanding of your health was that you need to understand your clinical metrics as well as the underlying genetic information. And so what we're so excited about Fertilum is that it's the first test that allows a woman to really understand what their genes say about the reproductive um, uh, health and can give them additional information to take more proactive control over their uh, fertility journey. 
Okay, so, um, you know, when you go to meet with a reproductive endocrinologist, they're going to give you a whole battery of hormonal tests. And actually, that's the, the reproductive endocrinologist um, was the one that was actually diagnosed me with PCOS. Um, so you have your blood work and, um, you know, you kind of find out what's going on with your hormones. Why do you need the genetic component, or how does that um, sort of complete the picture for you know a reproductive endocrinologist to help provide treatment? That's a great question. You know, um, clinical metrics literally take a snapshot in time. So as you when you're going through the diagnostic process, um, and you know you're working with your reproductive endocrinologist, they'll ask you to come in, say, on your day three of your cycle to take a bunch of tests. That's because your body can change throughout that entire month, but also you can imagine it changes throughout your lifelong, you know, your, your lifetime. Um, the difference with the genetic test is that the genes you have when you're born are the same genes you'll have at 40. So depending upon when you take the, that information, so if you're being diagnosed um, through a reproductive endocrinologist when you are um, uh, wanting to explore or, or get support for your fertility journey, that is a different, that's one point in time. There's also a point in time when perhaps when you're 22 years old, you want to know more about what lays ahead, the genes can play or can provide you useful information that give you insights into things that may not be measured today with clinical tests um, and may be able to give you more time to take greater proactive control over your health in longer term. Mm. So something that I was told at age like 18, I was a freshman or sophomore in college, um, still had not received a PCOS diagnosis, but um, was in the clinic because I wasn't getting my periods. And the doctor told me that, gee, you know, just by looking at me, you know, um, and my irregular cycles, we're going to have to jump through hoops one day to get you pregnant. Well, that was something that was really scary to hear <laughs> as, you know, an 18-year-old. And, you know, not that that having babies was really the furthest thing from my mind, but sure, I wanted to have them one day, and the thought that I could be infertile was really scary. Um, and, and you kind of mentioned, like, being 22, uh, it it's, would be really great to sort of know, well, yeah, you have PCOS, but that's, you know, everything else um, checks out, and you probably you know, genetically, and, you know, the, the fact that your doctor's telling you it would be really difficult for you to have pregnant, maybe that's not really true. You know, I would have loved to have known that, because I ended up having three healthy children. Yeah, well, I mean, to start, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that you had um, a physician deliver that news in that way. I mean, unfortunately, I think that um, many instances, we hear this in, in talking to, in, in the course of doing research for this project, we've spoken to nearly 5,000 women and trying to understand their personal fertility journeys because every journey is very personal. And unfortunately, we hear too often that people um, may have interactions that kind of really, those moments when, you know, comments are made in insensitively or said to matter-of-factly that don't, don't show an empathy as to the information, the weight of the information that you're actually receiving. Um, I think you're right. I mean, having this information has, um, there's incredible strength, but there's also an incredible responsibility with that, right? Um, having that information at the age of 18 or 22 could be incredibly useful because, for example, um, uh, say you receive information that you may enter into menopause before the age of 40. Um, and that is an incredibly scary piece of information. But on the flip side, if you're 18 years old and you realize that your timeline is just a little bit different from the average woman's, then you may just be able to make 
decisions about your family building plans that are tailored to your own biology, right? So uh, the vast majority of women, we recently conducted a, a survey of millennial women who are now aging into motherhood. And the vast majority of women are planning to start their family in their 30s. And um, what I think is interesting is, you know, we are very much very pro about having a woman design any future that they want. Um, and what we, our mission really is just to make sure they have all of the information about their biology to make a decision and make a plan that fits with their biology, right? So having that information um, earlier on actually provides women greater optionality and with more um, confidence about what they can do in the future to ensure that they can have uh, the family they actually want. So women with PCOS, you know, PCOS is a syndrome. It really affects women differently. Um, and I think it also, uh, you know, because it's this inflammatory condition um, and could also, you know, so there, there's also some thought um, that it could be an autoimmune um, condition. So I think you'll, you find women with PCOS often have other issues as well, um, endometriosis, uh, hypothyroidism, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm just wondering if the fertilome test sort of, you know, what other factors that um, would identify, besides like the early menopause, which I think is incredibly um, helpful to know, uh, that might be of interest to women listening. Yeah, so um, the fertilome test, you know, uh, can uncover genetic markers that are associated with uh, PCOS, primary ovarian insufficiency, reproductive pregnancy loss, uh, all conditions that can affect fertility. So, you know, the test itself, uh, by providing a more sort of in-depth picture of what may be going on subclinically can provide physicians and, you know, women who are taking the test a lot more insight as to, you know, what may be going on and what sorts of treatment options may be available and may help sort of chart the course of their reproductive journeys. So I think the point that you make is a really good one, which is sometimes that uh, with conditions like this, um, there are other factors at play. And a lot of this is still being studied. Um, and, and there's a lot that still can be understood. And so I think, uh, for example, Dr. Kandija is a wonderful example of a physician who really understands the complexity and interrelatedness of the different conditions in the human body. And so what Indrani is, is and to building on what Indrani just said, is that there's more to each of us than a simple single diagnosis. And having this information and, and understanding, okay, um, what are some of the under other markers that may have an impact that may point to more information can be incredibly powerful. Um, and over time, what we're going to see is, um, you know, we're at the at the very beginning of personalized medicine. You know, we're 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 bringing genetics into this field in a way that you know, cancer was revolutionized. 20 years ago using the same methodology. And we imagine that as we go more granular into the genetics, we'll start to uncover more about that complexity. But I do think it's wonderful that, you know, we're starting now and we're building awareness around this based on anecdotal experiences and, you know, patterns that we're all seeing in our own bodies and patterns that we're pattern matching with what we are hearing within your own community. Um, so it can be incredibly powerful in that way. Mm. 
So I, I suspect that there, you know, not every reproductive endocrinologist is even familiar with this test. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's the frustrating thing for so many of us is that, you know, we, we get all of this information, you know, I have this wonderful online resources um, that, gosh, I didn't have when I was going through this, um, about my my second son is 14, so this is like 15 years ago when I was really struggling. Mm -hmm. um, but now we have so many like wonderful resources, and and I can tell you that it's so frustrating. A couple years ago, I was at ASRM, um, American Society of Reproductive Medicine Conference, and I was talking um, to one of the main researchers for PCOS, and he uh, really dismissed. Um, the use of myo-inositol and dechiro-inositol as a therapy for PCOS. Even though there's so much supported research, um, you know, and it was just was so surprising to me that even these really elite um, academic uh, doctors, still, they're, they're not really on the cutting edge in some, in some ways. And I guess I'm going on a tangent, but... Um, I would imagine that there are doctors out there that don't even know that um, for the fertilome test exists. So somebody listening is really kind of intrigued by the test and wants the, their doctor to be able to integrate that into their care plan or, um, you know, moving forward in their fertility journey. You know, how do you end up identifying a doctor? So you, you bring up a great point. I mean, I think so core to making sure that you get the care that you um, need and deserve is to make sure that you truly embrace the fact that you are your own advocate for your care and ensuring that you have the right right care team um, who share your commitment to always pushing the envelope and making sure that you're at the forefront of understanding that the technologies and the tests that are available to you as well as the the, the treatment that can be out in the world and, and, in, and really exploring and understanding the importance of finding that right fit. Now, um, you, you're right. It is hard when you launch any new product that you know, the country is large and there are lots of physicians. Um, but we were also at ASRM in this past October where we were talking about the fertilum test. And it was so wonderful to see how many physicians were just flocking to our, our booth um, to really talk about the fertilum test and to learn about how they can incorporate genetics into the treatment of care. So there are definitely physicians out there who are eager to learn more about it and who are continuing to um, or beginning to offer it in their own practices. Um, we have set up a website, myfertilum.com, where um, women who are interested in the test can actually locate a doctor near them. At, right now, we have about 80 physicians across the country in all the major markets who are offering the test. Um, but if there are physicians that patients are working with currently and would like to explore, we also offer tools that enable them to educate their own physicians about the test. So if you're working with a physician that you love and a market um, that we don't currently have, um, you can certainly take that information to the physician, and then once they express interest, they can reach out to us, and we can take it from there. We'll, we'll handle educating them on the information, um, making sure they feel comfortable in the ordering process, and then we also hand, um, can hold their hand through the counseling piece and even help with the patient counseling at the end when the results are delivered. So we have created um, a process around making sure that as many physicians can begin to offer the test as they, as they want. Yeah, that, that's really great. I mean, this is so aligned with that, what I try to, to teach women is that you have to be a diva and advocate for yourself. And 
um, you know, and, and sometimes enlightened physician, <laughs> enlightening physicians is part of that process. Um, Absolutely. And I think that that's something that, um, you know, women often in situations like this, when they get pushed back, or if there's a physician that's dismissive of a question or a comment, um, it's, it is much, it's a natural reaction to feel like, oh, wait, they're the physician, they're the educated one, and I'm asking a question. But really what we know in this, in this, in this day and age is that innovation moves quickly, technology moves quickly, new discoveries move quickly. And um, you are the only person, or the best person to really advocate for pushing forth for as much um, treatment or education or knowledge as, as um, for yourself, because that's really the number one you should be a number one priority as you're undergoing the treatment for a condition like PCOS. Okay, so this might be sort of a silly question, but um, so I, I did the 23andMe profile a, a while back and like ran it through another third-party system to get more intricate data, I guess, mined from that 23andMe test. Like how is the fertilome test different from that? Yeah, so uh, 23andMe basically is based upon um, self-reported data. It's a population sort of self-reported data where, you know, as someone taking the test, you can answer a bunch of questions and your DNA is sequenced. Uh, Fertilome is different in the sense that we developed the test after several years of uh, very rigorous research. So we identified, you know, relevant publications that showed uh, associations of reproductive conditions with genes. And then finally, using very strict statistical criteria, these genes made it to a panel, right? Mm -hmm. So they're very specific to reproductive diagnosis. So the test is very different because we're looking at just very strong, stringent association of, you know, reproductive conditions with, you know, uh, um, certain genes. So that's how it's different, whereas 23andMe is much broad. Right. The markers that are on the fertilum test are not included on on 23andMe. So that information would not actually be revealed in an analysis that's done through any consumer product today. Okay. And uh, I wanted to know... What could somebody um, expect? Is it a saliva test or is it, you know, a, um, like a finger prick? Uh, so you can either do a saliva test or a blood test. So it's either, it's very easy, um, it's depending on whatever your physician prefers to use. Um, and so the typical process is you go to your doctor, they would order the test, take the sample either there or you could take home the saliva kit with you, and then they mail it in. 15 days later, the physician would receive the results. Uh, the physician would then provide the results to you. And then we have uh, genetic counselors on our team um, who can um, have a conversation with you about the, the report itself. Okay. And um, if somebody listening, I mean, we, we're really just scratching the surface here on today's podcast. Um, you know, what kind of resources do you have on your website? Um, and how can somebody learn more about um, the fertilome test? 
Absolutely. So definitely go to myfertilome.com. There we have a bunch of educational materials uh, that can actually provide them insight on how the test can be useful at different parts of their reproductive journey. Whether you're 22 and just want to know proactively more about your health, maybe you are at the early stages of diagnosis for PCOS or endometriosis and just want to know that information, down to um, if you're currently been trying to conceive and you're starting to worry, kind of in the back of your mind, should I go see a doctor? This information can be helpful understanding if you have markers that might suggest you may want to move more aggressively towards care. And then lastly, women who are currently undergoing treatment for IVF, um, they can use this information to learn more that could help potentially give physicians more information to refine treatment. So um, all of that information can be found on our website as well as ordering information um, or physician locators so that you can find a physician area. And um, there is a 1-800 number that you can reach out to a customer service. Um, we have set up a specific voucher, specifically as a discount for anyone who's listening in today. And if you just mention the code PCOSDIVA, um, they'll be able to send you a voucher that discounts the price significantly of the test. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Angie and Indrani, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today and really letting us know about these innovative treatments that, well, treatments are diagnosis tools that are available for us. Um, And we just need to be divas to really advocate for them. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for inviting us on. It's so great to chat with you. And we do thank you for all the work that you do in making sure that people feel they have the tools they need to advocate for themselves and really drive forth um, meaningful change in this area. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's, thank you, Amy. It, uh, it's, it's really my pleasure, and, and I, love, I love doing these podcasts, and it's just so fun to meet such interesting women like yourself. So I just want to thank um, everyone for joining us today on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, if you liked this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, and if you um, have a minute and would be willing to leave me a quick review on iTunes. I really love to hear from you and I read every review and really appreciate them. If you think of somebody that might benefit from this podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And lastly, don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Lots of great info um, from myself and, and, uh, podcast and I'm sorry guest contributors like Dr. Rashmi Khadija um, just enter your email on PCSDUDA to get instant access this is Amy Medling wishing you good health I look forward to being with you again soon bye